Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett, and you're listening to the Daily Halacha, Machshava, and Kabbalah podcast series. If you're enjoying this content, you can also check out www.yesodblocks.com, which is the parent platform for this series. And we have a lot of other content going on on the Yesodblocks. We're adding new things all the time. We're looking at a big upgrade of the platform in the next week or so. So come join us, subscribe for only $9.99 and get access to a huge amount of Torah content and support what it is that we are trying to create as we try to bring this level of sophistication and clarity in Torah thought to the world. Additionally, we have an album out on iTunes and on Amazon, also found on Yesodblocks for the subscriber population. Uh, it's only $9.99 and it's an album that uses the same integrated Torah frameworks to battle with the dark side of the internet, the world of pornography. So you can check that out also. Uh, we're pretty pretty excited about that, uh, and we're hoping that it will be a pretty important tool in the toolkit of teachers and people in general, families, parents, and how to actually deal with uh, this very, very difficult area and difficult issue. In this particular episode, we are in Siman Vav still in uh, Orachim. We're exploring different halachos and basically trying to go in a relatively linear way through uh, uh, all of, essentially all of halacha, but starting with at least the section of the Shulchan Aruch that is Orachayim, which is the regular daily halachos uh, section of the Shulchan Aruch, the main codified book of halacha that we follow on a regular basis. And so in Siman Vav, which is the section, section six, and it's halacha Dalid, the fourth halacha in Siman Vav. And this halacha is... Um, a little bit different than some of the other halachas that we've seen, uh, or at least we're going to articulate a difference that we kind of already encountered. Um, and it starts off with the phrase, Yesh no hagin. There is this minhag, this practice, that after one person makes the brachos of birchos hashachar, every morning we have this list of brachos that we're supposed to say when we start our day. Uh, and they kind of cover all these different uh, different things about you know, basically making brachos on what it is that we're doing, getting dressed, walking around, being able to see, waking up, um, and you know, giving us energy to, to do things during the day. And we've discussed in earlier episodes a little bit the issue of um, perceiving our waking up in the in, a, in an accurate light and not falling prey to the das tov vara tendency, the, the tendency that we accumulate from the eitz das, from the story of the Garden of Eden. Uh, to start to take things in our environment for granted and let things kind of fall into habituated perceptions and thought patterns uh, instead of seeing things in a more objective way where all the different data points of our existence are are um, perceived holistically in their totality. And so, you know, that's essentially what this list of brachos is about when you wake up. So it's very easy to sort of say, well, I just woke up again. I wake up every day. It's a normal occurrence. And so that kind of just fades away into the background of our experiential uh, lens landscape, our perceptual landscape. Um, and so we're just, and, and as, as we've basically been discussing, the whole issue with halacha is that the the underlying perceptions are, not, are often not accessed uh, while we are engaging in the practice of halacha simply because uh, we are not we're, we don't know so much about what it is that we're even trying to use halacha for and so um, in this particular uh, set of brachos we're really looking at the normal things that we do as we wake up and trying to contextualize them and trying to uh, raise consciousness of Hashem's presence because that is actually the the ultimate victim of the etadas tovara uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the victim of that is our consciousness of Hashem. It keeps on disappearing because Hashem's, the, Hashem's presence is very quiet. It's basically something which is here, 
Uh, it pervades all of existence, but we simply don't experience it so easily because at this point we are we are habituated by the the more intensive stimuli of our surroundings, which brings our consciousness to a much more shallow place. So you know you have things going on in your when you you know, just when you wake up and you have your you know your day is ahead of you and the different problems that you face. So those are what we would call local problems. You can even have some global big picture perspectives, um, but none of those big picture perspectives are as big as the ultimate big picture, which is understanding that the totality of existence is all within Hashem's self, and this is all one giant journey. And whatever it is you're trying to traverse or trying to accomplish is all part of the larger trajectory of existence that Hashem is basically steering this world towards. And so that's really what um, you know these brachas are about, that they're trying to raise consciousness uh, of all of the different um, things that we have, the things that we're doing in our, you know, in our morning. And so, you know, just the, the very idea of waking up, and there's a bunch of brachos about kind of acknowledging exactly what it is that our various obligations are, like what it is that we are meant to do with our day, because otherwise we can get so caught up in our local obligations from our jobs or from our role as, as parents or as, as just people or as friends. Uh, there's a whole list of obligations that we have in our relationship with Hashem. So we 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 acknowledge those things, and then we develop, we try to heighten our awareness that we you know we 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 can see and that we are free to make our own choices and that we are strong and able to actually uh, take action to build our lives the way that we want to and to acknowledge that the ground is a stable space that we can actually move around on and and that we can uh, that we have what we need to actually uh, do what it is that we need to do and we have we have food we have we have shelter we have the basic things that we need to survive in a very very chaotic environment that, it, that, that the world of nature essentially is and so that's what these brachos essentially are laying out this list and so these brachos themselves are they are um, from they're from the Talmud they're basically a a uh, a type of mitzvah or type of halacha that is that is uh, kind of like a different different level. That's really what I want to what, what I want to sort of articulate now is that this halacha that we're reading right now it starts with the phrase yesh no hagin. There is this minhag. It means there's a practice. And so you know there's different um, roots in in different halachos in the Shulchan Aruch, and it's kind of important to know that because that means that there's different um, there's just from a place of truth and from a place of perceptual clarity and a place of application, so we can kind of know exactly how to use these different tools. So you know if you're looking at a halacha, um, like we're going to see a bunch of halachos later that are that are halachos that's called midaraisa that are from the Torah itself. So those are, those are things that Hashem said. Okay, here is. Uh, a bunch of things that you should do. That when you do them, you will be accessing. Uh, you'll be accessing me directly, and it's something which I am basically like uh, uh, embedding into the layout of existence. And so we're going to see a number of different examples of that as we go. Um, but a lot of the things we've seen until now are what's called takanos uh, derabanan, which means that these are things that the sages uh, of the Talmud. And our our Torah scholars, essentially, for the last you know few thousand years, so they took all the underlying principles that um, that I'm articulating in this series that we're discussing here, uh, knowing who Hashem is, having a profound grasp of all the layers of knowledge of, of of how Hashem manifests existence, all the things we've discussed, the different layers of existence, the perceptions, the all the the, the frameworks that are in that are on Yisod blocks, essentially the the world of Kabbalah, the world of Machshava in its extensive, fully laid out form. And remember, the world of Halacha. It represents like 5% of Torah thought and Torah knowledge and, and Torah writings, really. And the vast bulk of our, of our writings, you know, the, the, the Talmud itself is 2,500 pages. Uh, and of those pages, I would say about, uh, you know, two-thirds of that is, is, uh, is, is halachic. Um, and then the other third is basically Torah thought. 
Um, but we also have these works called the Medrash that are from the same time period as the Talmud. And these are also attempts to write down and capture the Torah Shabbal Peh, the Oral Torah, which is all about essentially conveying what it is that I'm trying to convey in these in these different episodes and, and the different different segments on Yesod blocks, which is basically that the you know there's 10 times as many pages of Medrash as there is Talmud. Uh, and that's because the vast majority, the, the, the overwhelming bulk of Torah writings uh, from Torah Shabbal Peh, from the Oral Torah, which is the Torah that, is being, that, that has been discussed uh, for thousands of years, is, is focused on the issues that we're discussing here, the issues of who Hashem is, who you are, what is the nature of reality, what is the neshama, um, you know, what, all, all of these big questions that humanity has grappled with for so long. What is the nature of consciousness? How does it, how does it trickle into existence? How, how do these things form the physical universe and how, do they, how does it manifest as that? How do we intersect with that? You know, and, then, and then the details of it, you know, like how to actually use every single piece of existence. If, if existence is a stack of Hashem's presence, Hashem's consciousness manifest as the physical, practical world that we see around us. So every layer of it is slightly different. Like for, as an example, the measure says that um, if a person could know the specific energy flows of Hashem's presence into the earth, then they could know exactly what to plant, which kinds of, of of crops and, and plants should be planted in exactly which places because each area and each you know each line in the earth has basically a different thread of Hashem's presence manifesting there and if you know what to plant so then basically certain trees and certain crops have matching energy signatures to certain locations and so you can basically you know a person who would know these things can actually know where to plant different kinds of things where they would then have optimal growth and optimal connection to to Hashem's you know power source and so this is you know this is essentially the same idea as, as a pasuk that we find in, in Parshas Devarim, which says uh, and in uh, Parshas actually I can't remember which of those two parshas it's in, but it's somewhere in the beginning of Devarim, either Vaschanan or Devarim. It says You who are attached to Hashem, you are fully alive today, which is exactly what we're saying. If you know how to attach yourself to the energy source of existence that is Hashem, so then you can become fully alive, and so can anything else that you plug into that. And so that's the that's the the framework of essentially the, the world of Doraisa is these are things that Hashem basically wove into existence and the Torah is the directives of how to access that, how to figure out where things go and where to, how to plug in to existence. And then we have these sages uh, in the Talmud who basically took the those all those principles and the, the total map of existence that you know were, were basically I'm trying to convey. Uh, in this series and on your soapbox in general, I'm trying to convey the the profound nature of the map of existence. And these are, you know, the 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 Chazal, the Chachamim of the Talmud. They are the experts of these things. You know, two thousand years ago, three and three between two and three thousand years ago, we had these people that were that were, you know, incredibly advanced in their understanding and expertise of these of, of all these big questions. Which I actually always find this kind of amusing. Uh, and a little bit sad um, in that the world itself is kind of figuring out a lot of these things now. And there is discussions of like, well, you know, there's been spirituality in human, in human, in human nature for so long, you know, for thousands of years, there's been spirituality, but, um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, every, like every, every different society was always interested in consciousness expansion in different forms. Um, you know, there's a, there's a book that I recently was reading called The, the Immortality Key, which is basically about this idea that every single society uh, has 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 this religion with no name. It's basically this seeking of higher states of consciousness, and uh, you know the the book basically describes a very um, almost like a very primitive. Um, environment in which many people of different types over the last few thousand years were searching for for uh, for higher consciousness states 
and basically they use different kinds of plants to do this and you know that's kind of this this is where the book relates more to the area of drug use in, in its positives and its negatives um, but the thing that was fascinating for me and that has been fascinating for a long time is that we have been a people of the book a liter a literature oriented people for thousands of years we have incredibly vast uh, trove of information and knowledge in our writings that are thousands of years old and that are coherent. It's not like little, you know, little, um, little cave drawings or little a few words here, a few words there. We're talking about entire volumes written thousands of years ago about the nature of consciousness and the nature of existence. Uh, and these writings are all ex extraordinarily coherent and integrated with each other. And and writers who were writing were actually responding to each other back and forth over the ages. And I mean, there's no, there's nothing like that on planet Earth. I mean, a people that is that is doing that that has that level of, of depth and 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 um, and coherent informational transmission simply does not exist. Uh, and and somehow you know this mountain of knowledge and this mount this massive map is simply not. Uh, is not known. You know, you can read you can read a book where an author scans the history of human of humankind for the last you know five thousand years and basically looks at it as like, well, we started off really primitive and now we're at the pinnacle of that. And it's funny because when you know anything about the Torah and its and its and its maps, so it's far more sophisticated than anything we've ever we've ever gotten to so far in in the secular trajectory of society. And so that's you know it, that's kind of what I'm trying to explore here and share to sort of show that this has been going on for thousands of years. I mean, four thousand years ago, there is already writings that we have uh, about these topics that are again super detailed and extensive and and, and fascinatingly more more profoundly um, full than, uh, you know, uh, Plato writings or Aristotelian writings or the other famous ph philosophical writers of the past uh, who tried to grapple with these things also. And so, you know, that's that the, the, the overlooking of this is a fascinating phenomenon on its own of Das Tovara in, in a historical context and how humankind kind of uh, ignores certain things that are right there that have been there forever and that have simply, uh, you know, it's easier to to just um, almost pretend that they don't exist. Um, but these Torah writings, again, this is the bulk of Torah thought is there's literally 95%, 90%, 95% of Torah writing revolves around these profound uh, uh, maps of Hashem's self and, and Hashem's manifestation of existence and the layers of that that are all, um, when you access them as we are trying to do in, the, in all these different segments, uh, they, are, they are profoundly um, accurate and in, in their utility and how they work. And so, you know, we can have a lot of discussion about, well, how do we know these things are right or true? And that's, you know, it's kind of a separate discussion right now. Um, but uh, but they are profound in their accurate um, rendition of, of, of our own makeup and how we function and how to access our own power in increasingly effective ways. And that's because they're literally Hashem's map of existence and Hashem is the is the one who built it. So, so when you have these these takanot um, derabanan, these kind of like these things that Chazal came, these sages, and they they said, okay, here's what you sh we should do. We should start saying brachos. Um, and as we discussed, brachos are like these consciousness triggers, and they're designed to create con consciousness expansion in specific ways. Actually, really all of halacha is consciousness triggers, but brachos specifically is basically using this power phrase of baruch atah Hashem, elokinu melech to basically create 
this consciousness expansion, uh, awareness of Hashem's presence within ourselves, trying to basically link Hashem's presence to a particular um, part of our lives. So if we're waking up, it's linking Hashem to that. If we're getting dressed, it's linking Hashem to that. If we're, you know, if we're walking on our feet, it's linking Hashem to that. And so that's really what all these brachos are about. And so the, um, the, the idea here is that Chazal came, these, these sages came, and they looked at the map and they said, okay, well, people have these different kinds of problems. You know, people have a hard time seeing every day all the different ways that Hashem is manifest in their lives. So let's link that to this phrase. Let's, let's, let's build a, a series of tools, and they built hundreds of them uh, that they can use now to, act, to, uh, to connect and activate Hashem's presence in themselves, or activate their awareness of Hashem's presence in their perceptual landscape uh, using these tools. And those are called Takanos Derabanan, and they have halachic significance. In other words, we are supposed to do them. We have to do them, and, and the Torah actually gives them the power to do that. Um, because a person who is a repository of Torah knowledge is then entitled, to, has the, essentially receives the authority from the Torah itself to then add things to the Torah that have the same power, almost the same power as the Torah itself. So that, what that means is that doing takanos de Rabbanon, fulfilling them, is, is connecting you to Hashem through the Torah itself. So you can think of it as like the, the Torah is filled with different mitzvot, different things to do that are consciousness triggers. And there is one mitzvah that essentially says the sages of the Torah have authority to add um, other, other practices that will also activate, and they add those practices to protect the Torah itself and to basically strengthen it. And so that's, there's one mitzvah that includes within it that power of authority. And then all the mitzvahs of Chazal are kind of like, uh, you know, within that one mitzvah. And so that, that's, that's what these brachos are. They're basically, uh, um, they're extensions of the Torah in that way. And then we have another category, which is what we see here. That's what's called a minhag. And a minhag is basically, these are practices that a person does not have to do them, but they're ideas that they're basically somebody who said, oh, well, here's a here's um, an idea of how we could take the underlying principles of how the Torah works, and we could apply it in a way that is personally, um, you know, beneficial for me. So so if you have a, you know, particular um, knowledge of the Torah, and then you basically say, oh, here's a way that I feel like I want to express that, as long as you don't say to yourself, oh, I this is a, this is a requirement, I must do this, so then, it, as, if you don't, as long as you don't say that, then it's just simply, it's a practice that, that acts to express um, your relationship with Hashem in harmony with the Torah's principles. And that's what a minhag is. And so it's kind of like, you know, in a marriage, there are things that, that you absolutely are required to do or not do. And there are things that you can decide to do that are kind of like voluntary um, and that really add texture and color to your, um, to your marriage. And so here... Let's just read this halacha now fully and understand what is this example. And it says, Let's, There's a minhag that, that all these people get together um, in the in shul, in the synagogue, and then one of them will read and say, will, will um, you know, uh, articulate these brachos, the brachos hashachar that we just described. And so he'll go through each one and say each one, um, you know, pokeach ivrim, you, you, uh, you give sight to the blind. And then everybody that's there answers amen. Amen is this word that basically means to affirm. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it basically is a, is a word of, of affirmation, of saying, I, I second that, I affirm that. And there's a lot of depth to, to what, that, what that word is about. We're going to explore that further at some point, uh, definitely on your soul blocks. It's the same as the word emunah, 
and it really means to be loyal, and it's essentially an affirmation. And so everybody answers Amen, and then the person says, says the next bracha, and everybody says Amen to that. And basically what you're doing is you're getting this group of people who are all engaging in this same consciousness uh, process, and one person says the bracha, and everybody answers Amen. And then it says, um, and then after that, Choser echad Amen, then we go back, and one of the ones who is answering Amen, well, then he will say the brachos, and he says the brachos, and then everybody answers Amen to his brachos. We do this for all the people who answered Amen. They all then go back, each one individually, and say all the brachos individually, and everybody answers Amen to that. And so this is really a doorway to a discussion that we're going to explore pretty soon in the series about what's called tefillah b'tzibur. Because what's happening here, tefillah b'tzibur means doing tefillah in a group. And tefillah is often translated as prayer. It actually means um, a process of alignment with Hashem's consciousness self that is that is within us. And so what's hap- what, we, what we're essentially doing is getting a group of people together who are all engaging in this consciousness process uh, in, in, in a group. And so each, each one will do the consciousness trigger phrase and say, the, say these things. Uh, and like Hashem clothes those who are, who are naked. And so basically to, to um, access Hashem consciousness within our getting dressed. And then everybody else says Amen to say, yes, I'm now affirming that. I'm basically accessing that same headspace that my clothing comes from Hashem. And so what you're doing is you're magnifying the power of these brachos in terms of creating consciousness expansion, and you're doing it in two ways. Number one, you're basically reviewing the brachos. If there's 10 people there, so then each person is saying or affirming all, all the brachos 10 times. And in addition to that, just having the group together essentially allows you to plug in to the consciousness uh, of each person that's there. That, that's the whole point of tefillah b'tzibor, doing tefillah in a group, is that you're basically in a, in, in a group of people that everyone is trying to access Hashem's consciousness at the same time. So not only are you, are you being push to do that from within because you're trying to access it within yourself, but you turn, you see another aspect of yourself, right? That's essentially what we all are. We're just different. um, We're the same self all looking at the world through different frames of reference. There's only really one self here. You look at your friend who's standing over there and you say, oh, that aspect of Hashem's consciousness, uh, which is really the same core self as who I am, is now trying to access Hashem within uh, itself, and so am I. And then we basically build, we have this feedback loop where we build off each other to create greater and greater and greater states of consciousness uh, within us. And that's really what this is. This is, And this is a practice. Is this something which you have to do? You can say the brachos yourself every day. Or you can say them with a group. And this minhag is actually not really practiced anymore, um, but it's something which could be done. And now you understand exactly why it would be done and what it's for. We understand the purpose of these brachos. We understand what the group dynamic is about somewhat. And we understand the idea of a minhag as a practice to apply the Shem principles that are here at work um, and how to basically uh, uh, build on top of them. So this is going to be expanded further when we get a little further on in Hilchos Tefillah to discuss Tefillah B'Tzibor, group Tefillah, group consciousness um, um, practices uh, as we get a little further on in the Halacha Darachaim and Shulchan Aruch. Okay, that's basically the end of that. So I hope you enjoyed that and we're going to be proceeding further into the next areas of Halacha in the uh, the ensuing episodes. So thanks again for listening, for tuning in. Please leave us a positive review and check out yoursoblocks.com to subscribe and support what it is that we are doing and looking forward to having you join me for the next episode.